So today, as we continue on our theme of, of reignite, I want to speak to you on the title. And I've been really thinking about this. And, you know, God has been growing within me a greater dependence for him. Sometimes we question, God, why would you let that happen? Why would you do this? And oftentimes the answer is, so that you'll come closer to me. So that you'll know that you need me more than I need you. God can take you out and make another one that looks just like you to fulfill the job. But he has called you. But at the same time, what's so important is not just our dependence on him and our need for him. But really is our love for Jesus. I want to speak to you on the title, Reignite Your First Love. Reignite your first love. Number one, first, the priority, the one who comes before all things. I believe it's time to fall in love again. Time to fall in love with Jesus again. Maybe for the very first time, it's time to fall in love with him. Maybe... For the hundred and first time. Maybe you've been walking with God for so long, but yet you've just fallen out of that love. It's time to fall in love again. I want to speak to you on 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. I'd love for you to turn with me in your Bibles or on your phones. The scripture will be on the screen. You can follow along with me. This is a, a scripture. It's probably best known. Many people know it within, within weddings. Uh, and it's, the theme is love. But what happens oftentimes when we hear a, a scripture that's common to the year, we forget the importance of it. But it begins in verse 1. It says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains... But do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast. But do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I believe today that God wants us to reignite our first love. He's our first love, that we would fall in love with him again. That we will become overwhelmed with love for Jesus. I want to begin by asking you a question. When was the last time you were overwhelmed? Think about that for a moment. Maybe you're like, I was, I was overwhelmed getting ready for, for church this morning. I, maybe you feel overwhelmed right now in this place, and, like the running through your veins. When was the last time you were overwhelmed? It's interesting when we think of that word and we ask that question, immediately we go to the negative times in our mind. Overwhelmed by stress, overwhelmed by worry, overwhelmed by anxiety, overwhelmed by depression, overwhelmed just by all the things I need to do. But being overwhelmed with a sense of love and joy is the most powerful experience 
that we can ever have. Oftentimes, the most memorable and defining moments are those moments where we are overwhelmed and overcome with love. The moment you knew that they were the one that you love. The moment that you said, I do. The moment that you knew your friend was there for you in your darkest and most ugliest hour. The moment you knew that your parents love you no matter what. The moment that you encountered Jesus. The moment you were baptized or filled in the Holy Spirit. The moment you held your son or daughter for the very first time. I remember that moment. My first son, Levi. And just being overwhelmed with a sense of love and joy. And then again with Liam and Isaac and Brandon. Each time feeling that, that, that connection and that love. When was the last time you were overwhelmed with the love of Jesus? When was the last time you felt there's that powerful wave? Now it's, it can often come with emotion but it's deeper than just emotion. It's a faith that comes from within. Knowing that you are loved, which causes you to love. And if we were to be honest, in each of these times that we are overwhelmed with love for others, for Jesus, for our sons and daughters, for our partners, for our friends, what happens quite quickly is that they become overshadowed by the busyness that happens in life. What happens is we can get caught up in, in the busyness and the stress and the worry. And all of a sudden that overwhelming sense of love is, is diminished. The moment that you're in church and you said, I do, is quickly gone away when all of a sudden you're arguing about who needs to clean the dishes. Or you wanting more time on your own. Or, or who, who left those clothes on the floor that you're supposed to pick up. And all of a sudden you forgot that you love one another and you're fighting at one another. The, the moment that you held your son or daughter for the first time and that, that love for them. And all of a sudden they're running around the house. They're wrecking your head. They're wrecking your home. They're challenging your sanity. And you're just forgetting that you love them. You know what happens is, is Christians... We became Christians, we gave our life to Jesus because we experienced that overwhelming sense of love, but then life gets in the way. Not just overwhelmed with love, but overwhelmed by life. Overwhelmed by the pressures and the demands that we feel, that we put on ourselves, that others put on us. We lose that sense of love. And what happens is it becomes duty. Not love. Is Judy a part of love? Yes, of course, responsibility. You gotta turn up, you gotta be committed, you gotta be consistent with God, with others, in your relationships. But when love is gone, it becomes it becomes out of duty that you serve. It becomes out of duty that you give, it becomes out of duty that you turn up in that relationship. When was the last time? You are overwhelmed with the love for Jesus. You know, many of us, what can happen in our relationships, and especially with God, is we have these defining moments of overwhelming love, but they become overshadowed when we give our heart to someone and it's handed back to us in pieces. When we experience hurt, when we experience loss, what happens is we begin to view people in a new light and a new way because they let us down. 
They failed us. God, I am angry at you because you're letting this happen. Why would you do that? And we have these emotions and we have these moments where they become overshadowed and they become cut short. And what happens is when we, we were overwhelmed with love, we gave our heart, it was returned in place in pieces. What's the decision that we make? I choose not to love again. I choose not to trust again. I did that. I was hurt. I will not do that again. I trusted. I believed. I committed to. They failed me. They let me down. They hurt me. They broke my trust. And we make this decision. We carry this baggage and this hurt and this pain, sometimes unconsciously, but it causes us to no longer be overwhelmed by love, but to be overwhelmed by hurt. But here's the truth and the good news. When you give your heart to Jesus, it won't be returned in pieces, but he makes your heart whole. He makes your heart new. That you know that you can trust in him. You can believe in him. You can love him. Why? Because he loves you. It's a love that's patient, that's kind, does not envy, does not dishonor, is not filled with evil, but It's a love that never fails. You can place your trust in Jesus. Don't place your trust in a church or a person or a relationship or a government or an economy or your money or your finances. Place your trust in Jesus. Place your love in Jesus. He will not let you down. What happens when we, even through all of the hurt, even through all of the pain and the anguish and the sorrow, we still love, when we keep that overwhelming sense of love, he carries us and brings us through. And Paul, as he's writing the scripture to the church in Corinth, he, this is a church that he traveled to Corinth. Corinth was, was quite a strategic city in, in Europe. And it was a port where where. Sorry, it wasn't a port. It was just off the port, and it was a place of business and commerce. It's quite an affluent area. It was not too unlike our modern Western world today of affluence. And he went there to plant a church and lead a church, and he started, and he moved on to start another church. But he's writing to the people in Corinth because what's happened, if they've, they've fallen in love with Jesus, they've become a part of this church, But they have not let go of that pursuit of power and prominence and wealth. What's happening is it becomes a a relationship with Jesus where I have got Jesus, but I've got everything else. It becomes where they're still pursuing social um, status, portraying an image, following after the things of the world. And so Paul writes this letter, 1 Corinthians, to address a lot of the problems that's happening in the church. And what happens is he wants to draw them back to their first love. He wants to draw them back to having a focus on Jesus. And throughout the the first 13 chapters, he's sharing about that. It's all about the gospel of Jesus. Jesus came from heaven to earth. He died for you. He was crucified on the cross. He, He sacrificed himself for your sins. That when you place your faith in Jesus, you will be saved. And he's resurrected from the grave. He's alive and here. He's within us. And he's trying to get them to focus on the love of Jesus. Why? 
because they've forgotten about what life is all about, that it's all about our first love. And he begins in verse 1. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels. The message translation says, if I speak with human eloquence or angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I have the gift of prophecy, verse 2, and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains. The Living Bible says, if I knew all about what is going to happen in the future, knew everything about everything, but didn't love others, what good would it do? Verse 3 in the message translation says, if I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I am bankrupt without love. Paul is writing here his thesis. His main point is this. If you do not have love, you have nothing and you are going nowhere. If you do not have love, your life amounts to nothing. I believe that the, the purpose of life is love. The purpose is not the pursuit of fame, fortune, or finances. The purpose of life is not about the pursuit of happiness and living a happy life. It's about the pursuit of love, to be loved and to love. And Paul is is stating this and he's making this statement. And it's interesting in the first three verses, four times he uses the words, if I, if I, if I, if I. If I, how many times do we say those words, if I, if I had, if I could, if I was, if only, if just this happened, if just that happened, if I, is the words that we say time and time again. What's interesting, as we go on, we see that when we focus on if I, Rather than love, what it says, if I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I do not have love, I am nothing. If I do not have love, I gain nothing. If I do not have love, I go nowhere and I am nothing. As I was reading and studying this scripture and preparing for this today, I had a, had a, had a thought, a revelation so many of us, so often, we already feel this way. I am nothing. I am no one. I'm going nowhere. I've gained nothing. I will gain nothing. My life is just like a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And it doesn't matter. I don't matter. What I do doesn't matter. So many of us, if we were to be honest and truthful, it's not all the time, but there's an undercurrent of this feeling. I am nothing. I'm going nowhere. And why is this? And this is what I felt God say. It's just like the Corinth church. We've lost our focus. We've lost our focus on our first love. We've lost our focus on who this is all about and what life is all about. 
That life is all about love and the love of Jesus and experiencing the love of Jesus. We may be the most successful, most beautiful, live the greatest life where we are put on a pedestal. But if we do all this and do not have love, it is for nothing. And this is especially true, we were to be honest, for Ireland today. One of the most affluent nations in the world. It is especially true for South Dublin in Ireland, one of the most affluent areas in all of the world. Why? Because we have everything that we could ever need. We could have have enough of what we need. We have more money than we could ever want. We have a home, a shelter. We have enough food and clothes and water. We have everything that we need, and yet still people are more unhappy than ever before. Why is this? Why is it that we live in a country, a society, and a culture? And if we were to be honest, just like the current church, we've allowed that culture to seep into the church. Where our culture has become world-based, not word-based. We've allowed it to seep into our theology that our Christian life is somehow about God blesses me and I get more things And I am more confident and I experience greater things. God never promised that. You'll get more of Jesus. You'll get more love, more grace, more mercy, and the fruits of the Spirit. Does it mean you'll be blessed? Yes, of course he will bless you. But blessing does not come in materialistic ways. Why is this? Why is it that we live in a nation that has everything it could ever want? We live in a community that could have everything that ever want. And yet still, at the basis, people are more unhappy and feel like nothing and no one. Here's the good news. When you come to that realization, you know what? Life really is meaningless. I am nothing. I am no one. I'm going nowhere. But God, because of his great love for me, he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Why? Because he loves me. Because I am precious. Because in his eyes, he sees me as a son and as a daughter. And the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that with the love of God, Because of him, we are now someone. We are now something that my value, my worth is not found in what I have, in what I do, in who I am, but it's found in Jesus Christ. And this is a very simple sermon. This is a very simple message, but we've got so convoluted and so complex. We think make life so complex, but we need to come back to the simple things. It's about reigniting your first love. I want to ask you a question and answer this in your heart. Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Be be honest with yourself for a moment. Do you love Jesus? Maybe the answer is no. Maybe the answer is I'm not too sure. Maybe the answer is yes, but not really feeling in love. Maybe the answer is yes, I am out of duty and commitment, but I feel 
distant from him. Maybe Jesus is reigniting that love within you in this season and you're experiencing more of him. But as you ask yourself the question, do you love Jesus? Here's what I believe. Your mind can be a mess. Your life can be a mess. Your money can be a mess. Your marriage, your home. But the answer to that question is the most important thing in your life. To make those where I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Why? Because he loves me. What does this love look like in our life? Verse 4 says, this love is patient. It is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. The love of Jesus will never fail you. Will never let you down. He's always with you. It is patient, it is kind, it does not envy, it does not dishonor, dishonor others. How do we become overwhelmed by this love? And the answer is by first understanding his love for us. I've heard that religion is described as man reaching up to God. But the true gospel is God reaching down to man. We love, 1 John 3.16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. This is what love is. It's wrapped up in Jesus. The sacrifice, the solution to our sin, the one who has come in human form from heaven to earth. This is what love is, that he laid down his life for us. 1 John 4, 19, this is how God showed his love for us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Rather than allowing us to suffer in our sin and our shame, he sent the solution. He sent grace. He sent the answer. He sent Jesus Christ. Why I'm so passionate about this message today is because we need to come back to our first love. We need to fall in love with Jesus again. We may have everything that we could have ever wanted, the desires of our heart, but if we've not got the love of Jesus, it amounts to nothing. We are bankrupt without love. But having this confidence, having this joy that comes from knowing that Jesus loves me, he loves you, he's for you, he's with you. This world is scary. Cause fear and doubt and pain and loss and suffering and hurt. And you know what? It's going to get worse. It is. It's no surprise to God that this is happening in this way in these recent years. And it will get worse. It's no surprise to God. 
But our focus should not be on the world. Our focus should be on the word of God. Our focus should be on Jesus. Our hope should be in him. Our focus should be on our first love. And having him. And having this security if I've got him. Doesn't matter what else I'm missing out on. If I've got Jesus. I could lose everything and everyone. But my hope is found in him. Hey, would you just close your eyes with me for a moment? As you assess your life, your home, career, your finances, your hopes, your dreams, Everything that takes your attention, your energy, and an effort, every waking moment. Who's first in your life? Is it your kids? Is it yourself? Is it your job? Is it your spouse? Would you be willing today, as you're honest with yourself, to place Jesus as your first? To place him as your first love? To come to the realization that I love because I am loved. This is love that God sent in one and only son, Jesus Christ. Because he loved us. Hey, I'm going to speak to the Christian for a moment. You may be mature in your faith, walked with the Lord many, many years. But let's be honest for a moment. Jesus, he's the Lord of our life. But oftentimes we reprioritize other things and other people above him. And you may be at the place where you're searching for answers, for energy, Maybe you have many problems that you're trying to solve, but you need to come back to your first love. It's time to fall in love with Jesus again. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to challenge you to lay it all at his feet, to make the commitment and give him my life to you. Will you become the Lord of my life? I know that you are my Savior. I don't know what this looks like in our relationship and our journey, but I'm willing to begin it and to go on it with you. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask you, those of you who you need to give your life to Jesus and those who you need to recommit your life to Jesus, would you just pray these words with me? I say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you all of me. I have sin in my life. And I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I believe today that I am set free. That I am forgiven. And by your grace, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer for the first time today, I want you to know 
in your heart, you've received salvation. You have received freedom. Now it's the part of walking it out and going on a relationship with him. If you've recommitted your life to Jesus, I want you to know your sin, your shame, your guilt is wiped away. It's gone. It's in the past. There is forgiveness. His blood that was shed was shed once for all. It's gone. Start living out of freedom. Start living out of hope. Start living out of salvation. Not in order to gain, but because you are loved. Lord, I pray for every person today as the worship team comes up. I pray that this word that's spoken, God, I pray that it would encourage us. You would build us up. We know our deficiencies. We know our inadequacies. We know what we need. But Lord, help us first to pursue you, our first love. Come on, let's stand to our feet today as we finish in worship.